everyone, welcome to Heart's Happiness Podcast. The place where I, Manpreet, share my journey of healing intergenerational family trauma to help you to understand your story. I share a bunch of tools and tips that will transform your mental health and allow you to find your own heart's happiness. So exciting, right? Each episode will cover one of three areas. One, raising awareness of what this trauma actually is and how it hides in our lives. Two, tools, tips, support, lots of different things that I've used to get better and heal from this trauma. And three, I'll be connecting you with so many specialists and therapists and coaches as guests on my show. So we are going to transform your mental health and empower you to take your healing by the hands and move forward. Hello everyone, welcome to a very special episode. I know I say that every week, but I'm really excited about this one. We are talking about the power of the breath today with the author of a book called Draw Breath, Tom Granger, who's coming on to talk about his book, but also about breathing and how much it can help us with our health, mental, emotional, and our bodies. It's really, really powerful. I am noticing such a shift by doing coherent breathing, which we talk about in the episode. Um, and I'm working up to what Tom recommends, which is like 20 minutes. I really believe in this. And I think if everybody in the world was to try this, it would really help with emotional regulation and our nervous systems. And I was speaking last week about the nervous system and things we can do to support it. Well, the breath is an ex exceptional way to help us to regulate. So I'm excited for you to listen to the episode in just a moment. Just a couple of quick announcements. I have some special little treats as it's Christmas. Um, My Next group course starts in mid-February the 15th to be precise and this cohort I am doing it in person over Zoom at 8pm UK time which is kind of what I always do, I've done it about five times now um, but I'm also going to be offering it as a self-study option so what that means is that for the same price you get the content sent to you each week and then you get to keep it forever so basically you can keep redoing the course which is why it's the same price and when you're doing the online um you know the group version you benefit from group healing and i do send you the slides but i don't record those sessions so just so you know there's those two different options and it's a hundred pounds off at the moment so it's 197 pounds for an eight-week course and it'll go back up to 297 in january and i love doing this course I love um, watching people go through the process in which I did and there is details on this all of it on my website so you can see what we do each week so I'll pop a link in the episode notes so I'd be really excited to see some of you there anyway I'm going to stop rambling on and I'm going to move on to Tom hi Tom welcome to the podcast it's so lovely to have you here as I'm a fan of your book um so did you want to introduce yourself to everyone and explain what it is that you do sure um and thank you Manpreet for having me this is uh, lovely to be here with you um, so my name is Tom Granger and I'm an author and teacher of meditation and breathwork. Um, and the book that you mentioned there is called Draw Breath, The Art of Breathing. And it's essentially a um, interactive book, a bit like how you can interact with a coloring book because it invites you to draw inside the book. Um, and you're basically drawing and tracing uh, illustrations in time with your breathing. So that's mm -hmm. why it's called Draw Breath. And each illustration teaches you something new about the philosophy of breathing or the psychology uh, or the physiology of breathing um, to help you kind of begin to unlock the power of breath as a transformative tool for your health, for your nervous system, for your circulation, um, for your mental health, and begin to learn uh, meditation as well. Um, so that's my elevator pitch for draw breath, basically. <laughs> uh, it's, it's essentially designed to make um, the process of learning about breathing engaging. Mm -hmm. And it's the reports I'm getting from people are that it is quite instantly relaxing as a tool in itself. Mm. So um, people find that when they do it, just that focus on the breathing and giving yourself that moment to draw uh, in time with your breath really begins to make you focus on the process of breathing. You mm. can try and do it, um, allow the breath to be organic. So there's this, this playful aspect to it. Uh, people find it just instantly sort of good for their well-being. Um, 
And yeah, I've sent it to a number of uh, researchers and scientists in the world of both mindfulness meditation and uh, breath work. And they've all um, given me wonderful uh, reviews of it and things like that. So it's all very uh, positive so far. Yeah, I think it's a great gift to buy yourself, by the way, for Christmas. That's why I wanted to have you on. And I think as well, it's um, it's a really good place, like when you're beginning to try to learn how to slow down your breath and become, like you say, more aware of it. So Because that's why um, I've picked up the book and some other books to help me sort of really slow down my breathing because I was having mm-hmm. a few um, health issues related to my nervous system. So a bit like what you... Mm-hmm mentioned there like to do with um, gut issues sleep problems back problems and um, I've been incorporating breath work as part of my daily practice but I Mm. I didn't know how to do it properly Mm -hmm. you know or slowly or um, and you know through I'm like investigating about my nervous system and how my nervous system was even created I feel like I've been holding my breath most of my life you know like yeah out of fear so like yeah. and now my life is very different to the one that I grew up in that teaching my body that it's now safe is um, mm. been a challenge and breath is so powerful in doing that and it's free and we all have it so it's such yeah. a powerful tool isn't it for everyone because like how much is your book again I can't remember I think it's completely worth it because it's like <laughs> a course um, in it it's uh, I think it's about fifteen pounds on book depository, and it's slightly cheaper on Amazon if you're if you're not boycotting Amazon. I get a few <laughs> complaints when I send people to Amazon normally, but oh, it's really? cheaper there. So, um, yeah. So it's interesting. You mentioned a couple of things there about the benefits of sleep and gut health and back problems. All it, it, what I've discovered in sort of researching this and talking to the researchers uh, through my own YouTube channel, I sort of interview experts in this field. Um, mm the scientists who are studying it I try and talk to them about it because it's so fascinating that I don't want to sound too much like a snake oil salesman but (laughs) there are very few elements of your health that breath doesn't improve yeah mastering your breath doesn't improve and as you mentioned it's because of the nervous system like we we can do a little experiment now um, that your listeners can do as well if they if they want to yeah Uh, if you just take your dominant hand and just begin to make a fist Mm -hmm. And then squeeze that fist like you're squeezing the juice out of a lemon. So really squeeze, 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 squeeze. And then just notice what's happened to your breathing. Mm, it's like... and you, it's probably stopped completely. Yeah. And that's, that's just a really simple way. And you can let go of that fist now. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Just give it a shake. <laughs> um, but that's just a really very simple way of demonstrating how closely related the breath is to tension. Yeah, definitely. The more tense we feel in our bodies, the less we begin to breathe. And the less we begin to breathe, the more tense we feel. So it creates this vicious cycle. And what that's really demonstrating is what's happening in in the nervous system, as you mentioned. So Yeah, and it's the contraction, isn't it? So you're meeting the world um, sort of more contracted and more like tightness in your body, which Mm. causes a lot of um, um, like issues. And I think what I've discovered, which has been really powerful, is how quickly do when you're doing a breath practice on a regular basis, how quickly you start to get results. So basically, mm. I am I am doing some other things to help my nervous system as well, like osteopath and craniosacral therapy. Um, but the breath, where I was thinking, oh, I need to change my entire diet because my gut's being really not like it used to be and actually I didn't have to once I started doing the things to help my nervous system to relax and um, my body started to digest properly again yes um, and that and it wasn't that long either I I, I don't yeah. know if you've noticed this but it's actually quite quick I mm. think yeah absolutely there's the, you can have immediate response to this um, and for people who are in a severe state of you know stress within six weeks of, of practicing this you can improve your uh, radically improve your nervous system, and you, you're talking about gut health there. So, the gut's controlled by the enteric nervous system, which mm-hmm. is um, kind of part of the autonomic nervous system that's mediated by the parasympathetic nervous system. I'll explain this very clearly in a moment. Oh, I know yeah. I'm giving a lot of scientific words, but um, for most of us, probably the best way of describing this, right, is you know you said just a moment ago. Um, you know, I've been holding my breath my whole life. I've been like, <gasps> yeah. and what you did was you, you gasped in mm-hmm. and held your breath. 
And mm. every time we breathe, we are using a sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous, nervous systems. Now, they're the two halves of the autonomic nervous system. And I know you know this uh, from your, your other podcast on the nervous system. Um, so you have the autonomic nervous system. It's controlling everything in your body that is just rolling without you having to think about it, your blood pressure, your heartbeat, your breathing, your hormonal cycles, your gut, all those things that you don't have to do in the same way that you have to get up and walk. Um, they're controlled by the autonomic nervous system. The breath's the only element of that system that you can control. Mm -hmm. You don't control your pulse. You can't hold your pulse or slow down your pulse using just willpower, but you can do that with your breath. But by changing the breath, you begin to change the rest of the system. Mm. And so this, the, the autonomic nervous system that we're describing here is split into kind of two major halves, sympathetic, which is the on switch, and the parasympathetic, which is the off switch. And that on switch is what's happening when we are in a state of fight or flight. So panic mm -hmm. attacks, things like that, that's the sympathetic nervous system being too activated. Mm -hmm. And the parasympathetic nervous system is the rest and digest system. That's what's happening when we're relaxed or asleep. We go deep into that uh, state of parasympathetic activation. And it's not as simple as one being off and the other being on. Or they're constantly in this interplay and dance. Um, but when you breathe like that and you gasped in, what would happen there is a, a wave of sympathetic nervous activity travels through the whole body. Mm -hmm. So if you were hooked up to um, a, uh, what's it called, galvanic skin response measure, like they have in lie detectors, right? And it can mm. measure the, how um, sweaty your fingers get, but they can do that on a microscopic scale. And every time you breathe in, if you were on a sort of light detector, the, the thing would do this. It's going, it's going up and down to show that there's this huge wave of activation through the body. Mm. And when you, every time you breathe out, so the opposite of your gasping is ah, sighing. And every time you do that, this wave of calming parasympathetic activity goes through the whole body. Mm -hmm. And for most of us, when we've been stressed, and especially for people with trauma who've, um, who don't feel safe, as you describe, um, that sympathetic activity can just get kind of not stuck on, but it's, it's just high a lot of the time. Mm. And as a result, that, that parasympathetic activation, the rest and digest stuff, really begins to almost atrophy. Mm. But the, the good news is, and that's, sorry, as just a back to the gut thing, that's why you get these gut problems, because mm. the, the gut, the enteric nervous system, is controlled by the parasympathetic nervous system, by the vagus nerves, um, going down and switching it on essentially and that the good news is that we can do something about this very very quickly using the breath mm -hmm. and there is more and more evidence coming out of about this it's something that doesn't get studied enough because there's not much uh, money it's to be free made. i was gonna say yeah. it's free so like why exactly. would people say you know like medicines you know are, are um solving a lot of these health problems aren't they so mm -hmm. if we just if we just learn how to breathe we would need them so yes that's probably yeah. why um i yeah i just find this all so interesting because obviously on this podcast i talk about intergenerational trauma in particular and um and i share a lot about my own story but and my clients as well and there's a lot of people that listen that their story starting out in life they've experienced trauma at such a young age um and some of them didn't even realize it was trauma because it was emotional abuse or you know anything that made their small body not feel very safe which and that's something that happened to me as well which has meant that I felt for many years you know 30 odd years of my life I was mm -hmm. very much fight or flight well freeze and fawn that was my responses but a lot in my life and as I started to go on my healing journey and get help and I went to therapists and stuff like that which was amazing and I really mm. understood why I was the way I was and I was able to change my behavior what I then found next on my journey was my body's reaction to things mm -hmm. you know and it would be something simple like a year ago I started this podcast couldn't sleep uh was uh very anxious because my fight or flight had been like, I felt like I was in danger because I was about to put something out. I was going to do something new. And that was just 
kicking my fight or flight into action. And I really noticed how my body has been responding to my new things that I've been doing in my life. Not They're not bad things. They're good things. They're good for me. But as far as my body's concerned, it's like, no, we like to keep ourselves safe. So I've mm. just been, and, um, and I, that's where I think um, breath is so important on our healing journey because it can help us stabilize that response. Um, mm. When when you have lived your whole life like that, so you've been doing behavior um, that maybe is not always great for you because you've been trying to make yourself feel safe, but yeah. you could just do the breath instead. And mm. then it overrides it, right? Because when we're in, in fight or flight, uh, we can't even access our conscious brain. We're just like all over, you know, we're just trying to keep safe. But when we slow down and breathe, then we're able to access again, which is what I think is incredibly mm. powerful about it yeah i think you you really hit the nail on the head there where you you talked about how you've done you've done a lot of work already um of maybe talking therapies or whatever it might have been and but your body was saying no i'm not safe and and the best the best uh, sort of description or model for understanding that that i've been given came from um a guy called dr richard brown who he and his wife dr patricia but yeah i've got that book on my desk right now yeah <laughs> Um, they talk about something called the top-down versus bottom-up uh, relationship mm. between this, where most of our, if we think about the mind as the top and the body as the, the bottom in the scale, most of our um, modalities for healing are currently top-down. They're talking therapies, they're mindfulness, they're trying to change the attention, they're starting in the mind. And what breathwork and medication and, and other forms of body work like yoga and uh, massage all these things give us is the bottom up the missing piece changing the body to actually change the mind instead of trying to start in the mind to change mm. how the body's feeling yeah um, definitely and this is a big problem in in western uh modalities in general is that they over emphasize the importance of the mind as though we can just change how we're thinking um mm. with a quick fix and we can't it's a long process of, of healing um so yeah it's it's, it's very interesting that you, you've you've had that experience and you recognize it yeah and i'm definitely as part of my journey with that is i've tried to bring a lot more body work into my own healing so um i can't say it but i've been trying to do a bit more key qigong um mm -hmm. so i've been doing that just a little bit um and like i said having more practice um getting help as well to help my body so acupuncture has been amazing craniosacral mm. therapy has been amazing um mm. and all of these things are really helping my body to actually realize that it is now safe and it's able to enjoy the life that it has that it was able to create because my mind was doing all the hard work but uh, but for my body to realize that is you know that's still mm -hmm. something that I'm working on because it hasn't quite believed me yet you know and it's the yeah. daily practices that are helping and um, how did you find the power of breath what's your own journey with it um well my my own journey is basically I was I became very interested in mindfulness in my mid-20s um, I had really bad anxiety, a uh, bit of depression, all that kind of stuff. And I discovered an in inverted commas mindfulness um, by reading books, um, big, big reader of books. And I read uh, Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. And that <laughs> sort of fueled my um, interest in it. And it was around the time that everyone was doing eight week mindfulness courses. They were kind of new at the time. Mm -hmm. So I got really into it. I've since had chronic uh, pain condition, which I find meditation very helpful for. Uh, but I always felt like there was something missing from meditation. Like I wasn't doing it right. Like I wasn't getting the most out of it. Mm. Um, and it was really through yoga, which I'd been doing already, but really focusing on asana and not really understanding the importance of breath. Once I began to understand the importance of breath in yoga, that really fueled my interest in, well, how can I use both of these things, right? Because when I first got into mindfulness, I was thinking, oh, this is like, the, mo the bit at the end of the yoga class that I really enjoy, but just in a way that is kind of extracted so that I can do it any time. Is that the kind of point of this? And what's missing from just doing mindfulness is an attempt to change anything about the breath. So this is where mindfulness teachers often sort of um, start to look a bit annoyed and confused at me talking about this. But um, <laughs> basically for most people coming to mindfulness, they're doing it because they have something that they're wanting to change. So something like anxiety, something like depression. Lots of people just do it because they want to get the most out of their life experience. Um, they want to be present for all that kind of stuff. But 
a lot of people are doing it because they're anxious or because they're depressed. And if you think about those in terms of the nervous system that we've just been talking about, people with high anxiety, they're highly sympathetically activated. Um, they're more likely to find it difficult to be mindful of I'm thoughts present. or body to be to mm. stay present. Their mind's jumping around all over the place. For people who are experiencing depression, there's going to be overactivation of the rest and digest response. So their dorsal vagal nerves will be more activating, which is that kind of the thing that happens when um, we feel completely stuck. You know, we're, we don't want to move. We don't want to get out of bed, all that kind of stuff. That's still happening in the nervous system. And it's the other end of, of the nervous system. It's the parasympathetic end. And so when people are coming to mindfulness and they're being told, we're not changing anything about the breath, just observing the breath. That's not necessarily the best advice for those people because mm. they can use the breath to do 90% of the work that they're trying to do mm. and actually get a lot more out of the mindfulness practice. So the, the uh, breathing technique that I'm most obsessed with um, is coherent breathing. Oh, yeah, that's what called, I've been doing. Yeah. So it's sometimes called uh, HRV breathing. It's sometimes called resonance frequency breathing. But mm -hmm. basically, um, these are just different camps of people who've kind of discovered it at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, but really, it's just taken from yoga. Uh, it's Samavritti and yoga. It's equal parts breath. And what the Western scientists have looked at and discovered is that there's this ideal breathing rate for most people. Uh, well, everyone has their ideal breathing rate for 90% of people or more. It's between about five and six breaths per minute. Yeah. And when you breathe for 10 minutes a day, five or six breaths per minute, you start to radically alter the nervous system positively mm. by dampening down the sympathetic activation and also recovering the parasympathetic activation. So we're minimizing that um, stress response and elevating all of the resting, digesting, healing response of the body. Yeah. Um, and so that's the lasting benefits that, uh, sorry, the accumulative benefits. So you do that every day. Within about six weeks, you're going to have changed your uh, heart rate variability. Don't worry if you don't know what that means. It's just, it's essentially how much, how flexible your heart rate is. So your heart wants to be able to change and recover very quickly uh, from maybe 60 beats per minute to 80 and back down. And we, we see that changing over about six weeks as you do this, radically improving. And what that's really a measure of is your nervous system health. Mm. So, so very interesting in terms of just as a, as a health revolution that's going to happen in the next 10 years, everyone's going to know about this. Everyone's going to be doing this because there is nothing out there that changes your health that radically and yeah. is so enjoyable to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's and, like, cause this is the one that I've been doing and mm -hmm. um, I found it difficult at first cause I, I do have a bit of a stuffy nose in the mornings. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I've been doing an essential oil, but so it is. So the way that I've been doing is breathing in for five, breathing out for five. Is that mm -hmm. right? And so, building the time up, I'm, that's what I'm trying to do at the moment. Yeah. So the best way of doing it is with music. So mm -hmm. for, for people who are starting out, they don't have access to biofeedback machines. They're going to show them the heart rate variability. Um, there is music out there on YouTube. Uh, my own YouTube channel features some music. Draw Breath is the name of that channel, if you did want to check it out, uh, that my I brother wrote, wrote for me. <laughs> and um uh, yeah, just to, just to backtrack a little, uh, but just to where I was talking about mindfulness and how it can benefit from breathing. If you think about what's happening when we breathe in, we're activating a sympathetic nervous system. When we breathe out, ah, we're activating the parasympathetic nervous system. If you think about what that's doing to your attention, what we're doing is we're becoming alert and calm. And that's the best possible state to be in if you're nice. trying to be mindful. Mm. So where people are trying to learn mindfulness and they're coming and they're struggling with it and all this kind of stuff. If they first thing that they learn is just how to breathe slowly and rhythmically, mm. they're not just altering their cardiovascular health and their nervous system health. They're altering their capacity to pay attention, their mm. capacity to be focused and be curious about the breath. Cause that's fundamentally what mindfulness is. It's being curious people describe it as paying attention to the breath that's much easier if we just see it as being curious about what's happening in the breath because paying attention is something that you're taught to do in school being curious is something that you do for fun mm. and when you're when you breathe like that for 10 minutes even just five minutes is going to have an effect you'll find people who've struggled with mindfulness or who've never had an interest in mindfulness suddenly finding it very easy to 
pay attention to their breath, to be curious about it. And another reason for that happening is the parasympathetic nervous system. The big famous nerves in that world are the vagus nerves. So that's the 10th cranial nerves, comes down from the brainstem, joins all of the uh, major organs in the body together. So your heart, lungs, uh, gut, uh, we've already talked about the kidneys, everything that's um, connected through those vagal pathways functions better when we're in rest and digest. And that makes sense mm. in evolutionary terms. You know, mm -hmm. if you are running away from um, a bear or whatever, you don't want to be resting and digesting. You don't, your blood and being nourished by your food isn't very important at that point. Your blood wants to be in your major muscles, legs, arms for running. Um, you want to you want to get away. So that's why that that is. But the other thing that's happening, other than the blood, is the focus of the nervous system goes mm. internally to the body. And you may have had it yourself where you've been meditating for a while, and suddenly you feel your heart beating really strongly, and you think, "Gosh, my heart's beating very strongly." Mm. And your heart hasn't changed at all. It's not beating any more strongly than it was before. It's just that the pathways to actually experience that have opened up. Mm. So it's what we call interoception, the body's capacity to see inside itself, to, to hear what's going on inside itself is yeah. improved. So mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're becoming more efficient in everything that's happening in the body, but also there's just more information inside the body for you to become aware of. And that's really what we're trying to do in mindfulness. We're trying to become embodied. We're aiming to be aware of what's happening in our body from one moment to the next, really just become absorbed in all of this sort of feeling. And so as soon as we're closing our eyes and being aware of that, um, it, it doesn't necessarily even feel like we expect our bodies to feel. Mm. It can be a whole world in its, its own right. So yeah. by breathing, we're changing the attention that we're paying, changing the style of focus, and also giving ourselves more uh, information, more body data to be embodied with. Um, mm. So that's, that's why I'm so passionate about our breathing technique. It's, it really is. It is amazing. It really is. I, I have been on a few breathwork classes that were a lot longer. Um, mm. And we did do some coherent breathing, but we did some other ones. And I felt a little bit dizzy and ill afterwards, mm -hmm. to be honest. Yeah. Um, so it kind of scared me because I think I just went in with like, oh, I'll go to a breathwork class. But mm. actually um, doing the coherent breathing slowly and building it up has been much more comfortable for my body. I don't know if that makes sense. And Absolutely. Um, and like, I feel like I'm easing into it a little bit more. And um, I had a week off because I was like really sick. And um, and now I'm getting back into it. It's like, I need to train it again, just to, to mm -hmm. get back into the rhythm of it. But something that you said earlier, which I think is a really great point, is that when you have suffered um, for with trauma and you have anxiety or depression, sitting with that can feel so way too much it can just feel like mm -hmm. you're gonna die basically mm -hmm. like it feels that scary to just sit with it so what I really love about um breathing is it distracts you from that feeling firstly and then like you say it slows it down so you feel less like you're gonna die so it's actually really powerful for when you are somebody that feels anxious or triggered a lot mm. that it can really help slow it down and then you can mm. access your brain in a whole different way that can give you solutions to your problems or you know like yeah. which you just can't access when you are activated and I I just understand that so much because I was somebody that was activated all of the time and and, and also in the society that we live in you know people that are um working crazy hours going from meeting to meeting um you know working till late at night they are activated all of the time mm. with stress mm -hmm. right so it doesn't yeah. have to be you're being chased by a bear or that you've had a load of trauma in your life mm -hmm. stress will be doing that to your nervous system all of the time and then causing health problems because your nervous system is so out of balance right yes absolutely and even just the focus that you're the, the style of attention that you're paying changes your nervous system so as soon as you're you know if you imagine just looking at your phone which is what most of us are doing and i'm certainly guilty of uh, for for a long time you're focus is very narrow you're really that just tiny kind of four inch squares world um, is all that exists to you and that's what we'd call a narrow attention style and mm -hmm. again back to what, when you can hear the nervous system changing with a galvanic skin response measurer you're not, you're sympathetically activated as soon as you're doing that 
because you're not in this broad awareness that our ancestors would have been in when they're just sat in the, in the uh, jungle or the plains, just looking out for how they were about to interact with nature, whether it's finding food or whatever it might have been. Um, so it doesn't even have to be like workplace stress. It's just the things where we think our leisure activities are, are actually activating as sympathetic. Yeah, of course. And they're, you know, triggering hormones like dopamine and cortisol, yeah. like all uh, of the yes, time. Yes, right. Yeah. We're just pumping that through our body. Like um, during um, when we were locked down, I would I was living in so I've moved out of London now, but I was in London in my small flat and I would go to the park like I can't even explain like 20 times a day for exactly what you said to be able to see the open space, to look around at the trees. And then I felt relaxed. But in my little flat, when I was either on my laptop or I was on my phone or I was watching the TV, um, I just felt so stressed. And I, all of the work that I'm doing now, I think it's a real accumulation of all of that for you know mm. a long period of time. Um, so that's why I always recommend nature to clients, like get yourself out, go out um, for a walk, look at the trees, be because that has the same, it has a similar effect, doesn't it? Um, but I think, I guess the, with breathing, it's just so much faster. It's such a powerful tool for all of us. And yeah, yeah I just, and it just is not spoken about enough at all is it yes i mean I, i'm not um an expert in trauma but i've spoken to a lot of the scientists who are studying it in relation to trauma and just to go back to one thing you were saying there about how um it can feel so overwhelming you feel like you're gonna die you don't want to face it and this is a, a an excellent um bedrock for that a kind of tool you can use to prime yourself um i just wanted to say that i'd, I'd spoken to uh, one of the scientists recently who's a kind of pioneer he was looking at this in the, in the late 70s 80s kind of time where they were just understanding heart rate variability and that kind of stuff and how it was interacting with breathing and they were looking at different yogis in india and how they were able to change their physiology and all that kind of stuff and he's gone on to study this in relation to trauma and one of the things he's saying is it doesn't just you know heal the nervous system for, for people who who have trauma it's also what he describes as a a primer it primes the autonomic nervous system for facing trauma because so much of trauma therapies um so many trauma therapies involve an element of exposure so mm. having to relive something all that kind of stuff and the really f amazing statistic that he gave me and I, i'm not sure if this was his study or um something that Bessel van der kolk was doing who's the guy yeah. body, body uh, yeah. keeps the score um but the statistic he gave me was they were studying um, veterans from Iraq, who so many of whom have PTSD from what they've seen over there. Um, and they're trying to heal their PTSD using various talking therapies. And what they found was that just doing these kind of breathing techniques beforehand stopped the dropout rate. No, it didn't stop it, it but it reduced it from 60% dropout rate of people returning because they're having to face this stuff mm. to 4%. So it went from 60% to 4% drop. That is amazing. And that's and because that, they that felt prepared. So yeah. That's so powerful. Because mm. I, I wish I knew about this. Like, a, So I, I was doing a lot of therapy about three years ago and I was doing somatic therapy. So I knew that I had to heal on a body level. Um, so that means that we were talking about past experiences and then me noticing the impact on my body. And I cannot tell you how sick I was doing that I really pushed myself I think I had a therapist that really pushed me as well probably not in a, in a good way and like you said um I felt like a traumatized little girl because I was exposing myself to these memories um which made me feel very very unsafe um and very expo exposed and very vulnerable um and had I had the tool of breath which is something that I now suggest to my clients mm -hmm. um you know, I, it would have been a lot, lot, lot easier. I wouldn't have been so unwell. And, um, and I also think that, you know, for a lot of people that have experienced trauma, they will have maybe gone to some forms of addiction to be able to cope, to survive, whether that's alcohol or overworking or food or relationships. And when, again, this was part of my recovery, taking away the thing that I'd been using to medicate my trauma made it really um, sort of made the pain really, really bad as well again had i used breath during that point it would have really helped because as the craving for 
um, a relationship or people pleasing or uh, food was coming up for me, the breath would have been able to help it. I'm just kind of, that's why I really wanted you to mm. come on and talk about this because this is so powerful with healing as well, because mm. you can go back to those uh, memories and with the breath, allow your body to feel safe and to know that it's 2021, that is not happening to you. It brings you into the present moment and not mm. into the past, but still allows your body to heal, which is, is so powerful. I feel like it should be done with therapy. Like it should be, they should be together because I, you I get honestly fair think result. It, yeah, I honestly think in a few years, that's that's the future. And uh, yeah, Bessel van der Kolk, who I know you know, because we, we just talked about him briefly, but uh, in his book, which is a huge book and he goes into so many different therapies, um, but he he, ta- he starts talking about five five breathing as something that is a supporting um, uh, measure really for for all of the other therapies that he's talking about in that book. Mm. Um, so hopefully, you know, things like this are becoming understood now, especially over lockdown. This the last two years has been so crazy that people are turning to the internet to find ways of calming themselves and all that kind of stuff. That the major breath uh, meditation apps are starting to involve um, breath counting elements that's just counting you know maybe to four as you breathe in and four as you breathe out or six or box Mm. breathing Um, i'd be interested to know those you mentioned some breathing practices that made you feel dizzy and lightheaded could we talk about which i don't even know which ones they were so it's like when i was um sort of investigating about these so i did some online ones Mm -hmm. um and i don't know if it was maybe the length of time Mm-hmm. that I was doing it because it was an hour session and he did say oh you might feel some buzzing in your legs and um uh yeah I felt very overwhelmed with that amount of breathing as like mm. my starting point so I don't know if that and I don't know what technique we were doing or anything because mm. I, I was such a newbie then I've got yeah. my book now from like <laughs> the healing power of breath so it's like I'm mm. sort of getting a bit more aware of it awareness but would you would you say that like it's not a great idea to maybe jump in and do like a whole hour and just start off small or so so some people can have um if if people are naturally uh mouth breathers or they're naturally hyperventilators so they breathe quite quite fast they can find the slower breathing quite difficult and that can Mm. cause you to hyperventilate but Mm. what i would say is um for for the vast majority of people slowing down the breath is absolutely fine. If you find that five or six breaths per minute is too slow, you can just start at 11 breaths per minute. There's all kinds of breathing apps that you can do that with that are free for your phone. Um, Start at 11 and then drop it down each session to you get to five or six breaths per minute because there's, there's other complex things I won't go into now, but around carbon dioxide and oxygen and, um, people who naturally breathe through their mouths. You, you mentioned there that you um, have a stuffy nose in the morning. Mm. Uh, and one of the things that, that breath work can do for that is uh, you, you have your nose produces something called nitric oxide, which is seen as the kind of third breathing gas between oxygen and carbon dioxide. Nitric oxide is kind of considered the third breathing gas. So this is... Um, it was discovered in sort of the the 80s that this stuff that we thought was poisonous is actually produced in the body. So it's produced in the um, in the arteries. The arteries are constantly releasing nitric oxide, and what it does is it actually expands and contracts the arteries. It's a relaxant, so it begins to open them up and stuff like that. But we actually produce it in our sinuses as well. So mm. that's one of the reasons that nasal breathing is recommended. So whatever breath work you're trying to do, unless the the purpose is perhaps you're blowing out very slowly or something like that you should really aim to be doing it through your nose mm-hmm, and we can actually doing. yeah and, and what we can do is uh, release actually 15 times the amount of nitric oxide from our nose mm-hmm. so what that's oh, wow. doing is it actually opens up all of the um soft tissues in the lungs all of those little tubes that all the air's flowing through they begin to open up the more nitric oxide we're doing so we, we're releasing so you can if you've got a stuffy nose in the morning and you, maybe you could try this tomorrow morning, um, but just humming for a few breaths. So mm-hmm. uh, some people just say, just hum and then breathe in. I've spoken with um, the guy who actually discovered this guy uh, in America. He won the Nobel prize in 1998. Um, 
actually because this discovery led to the invention of Viagra. And he jokes that um, his he discovered this in like the 80s, but then Viagra came out in 1998 and he won the Nobel Prize in 1998. And he mentions that all the people on the panel were uh, kind of white males over 50. And that's probably why he uh, got nominated <laughs> for it that year. Um, oh, probably did them a favor. Um, <laughs> But uh, basically, we can we can release that nitric oxide in our nose times 15 times more by just humming. And the way I like to do it, and I asked him, I asked the scientist if this was probably the way to do it, is actually just to hold the nose just very gently at the bottom mm. and hum through the mouth, just very slight opening in the mouth. And then you're not blowing the nitric oxide out of your nose. So it's still oh, there. Oh, okay. And then because I do um, I do do some humming as part of my mm. nervous system care because that's mm. really good as well, isn't it? Just if you just yeah. go, like, I've just been doing um, and then just like, but I will hold my nose uh, when yeah. I'm doing it next just time. Just very, very gently, yeah. And that's really interesting. Another tip you might really like then is uh, gargling. So if you just gargle water in your mouth, mm -hmm. um, it will increase that heart rate variability. It's activating a, the parasympathetic activity in the nervous system if you just put some water in your mouth gargle out for a breath breathe in through the nose gargle again do that three or four times you'll you're if you were hooked up to an hrv monitor it would show that your resting heart rate variability as in the health of your nervous system was increasing in the short term by quite a substantial margin so yeah. just one minute one minute in the morning of doing that after you brush teeth um I don't actually recommend gargling with mouthwash because it actually kills all the good bacteria in your mouth as well. Mm -hmm. um, so just gargle with water and you'll see your heart rate variability improving. It, you may even notice immediately feeling slightly more. Um, oh, I might try that aware. after this. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah, uh, so I think these things are so fascinating. You can just do this little thing and you actually yeah. realise that you just feel calmer and in yes. more, more balance. I think that's what I have been noticing by trying these different things, that my body just feels a little bit more, you know, um, calmer and I can access myself properly and not yeah. um, highly activated, which is what I've been like for quite some time. Um, it's just... I'm definitely going to check out your YouTube channel and, the, and your mm -hmm. breathing music for um, the length of time. So do you recommend 10 minutes? Because some some of them are like 20 minutes. Is it for as long as you can? What would you um, suggest? So 20 minutes is ideal. Mm -hmm. And what you'll find is if you do this and if you do it with guidance, and I do recommend checking out uh, Dr. Brown and Patricia Gerbach's stuff because they do it with guidance. They, they're especially if you're a beginner to this it can really help to start with some box breathing which is just breathing in for four holding for four breathing out for four holding for four that's going to naturally start to equalize carbon dioxide in your body slow down your breathing it's less stressful than when you're trying to match your breathing if you're someone who is easily stressed and um, do it for aim for 20 minutes especially the first few times you do it what i find and i do this every day and i've done it every day for a couple of years now um, what I find is that you actually begin to really enjoy it. So mm. it's not the same as meditation can sometimes feel like a bit of a chore. Like, oh, I've got to meditate now. I actually really look forward to doing this. I go and yeah. I lie down, I put my headphones in, I breathe with the music. And because of what's happening in your nervous system, you actually begin to feel really, really good. Mm. So, it's so true. So, um, I've got the book actually on my desk, The Healing Power yeah. of Breath. But um, yeah. so I've got, like you can go on their website. I know they have a CD, but I have nothing to play a CD in anymore. No, I know, yeah. no, <laughs> on their website, they've got the um, sort of like music and um, mm. he just does it for five minutes. And at first, I remember when I first did it, I was like, oh, wow, this is taking ages. Now mm. it's like, oh, it's over in a second, which is yeah. why um, I just want to find a track that I can do for 20 minutes to keep me going. Yeah. And, not, um, and I feel like when I'm trying to count in my head, it's just not as good. So I think yes. your tip about music is really important. Well, I tell you what, I'm, I'm actually going to release a lot more music soon. That oh, amazing. I've been working on. Um, oh, fabulous. And two of my friends from school are uh, musicians, and they wrote music for like Breaking Bad and stuff like oh that. Oh, my so God, really good wow. Musicians. And so we're releasing a load of tracks soon that people can do this with. Um, the I think 10 of them are going to be free, you know, just for because there's such a need for this. Yeah. Um, and the, the project's called Aria Breath, A-R-I-A Breath, and we've, we're at ariabreath.com um 
And if you go there and just put your email in, uh, you'll you'll know as soon as that's released. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we, the, we we make the music last for 25 minutes. And that's because 20 minutes is what is medically proven to have this effect. Uh, I find that I like to enjoy it a bit longer, but I don't want to have it so long that people feel like they failed if they don't do it for 40 minutes or something like that. You mm. can always just press play again or listen to another track. Um, 10 minutes is fine. So if you can do 10 minutes, if that's all the time you've got, you're trying to fit it into your lunch break, you're trying to do it on the bus and 10 minutes, you're still going to get a lot of the benefits. So it's still worth doing. Yeah, um, It's not something that you have to try and do your whole life. Like some of the doctors that I've speaking, spoke to say you, you should aim to end up doing this all the time. And others have said you shouldn't do it all the time, all that kind of stuff. So there's still not agreement in the medical world of, of how much is too much. Uh, but one of the doctors I spoke to was um, Dr. Gewurz again, and he was saying, you know, the people who've overdone it are the yogis that they were studying in India in the, in the 70s and 80s. And there's nothing wrong with those guys. Like they're probably <laughs> yeah. still alive and kicking right now, even though they're like 110 men. Um, yeah. You know, so I don't think you can overdo it, but I don't think it's healthy to aim to be doing it all the time. So yeah, that's, that's my view on dose basically yeah and uh, I think I think as well we know when our body needs it like you know if you're feeling stressed you can feel that in your body mm-hmm. um you know you really can tell when there's too much cause I can I can tell because yeah. I'm like jittery I'm been like it, and for me it would just be something as simple as like I've, I've booked too many meetings in one day and I've mm-hmm. just bounced around from each one and I yeah. can feel my adrenaline in my body I'm just like oh my god like yeah. how am I getting stressed about going from meeting to meeting um and that's just having this daily practice can just make life feel more easy um, mm. and more comfortable I think um yeah. and and support you in whatever you want to bring into your life which you know going back to the trauma thing as for me, I've noticed as I changed my behavior, as I brought new things into my life, my firefly was crazier than ever. Because when I was safe in my um, bad behavior and yeah, that yeah. I wasn't getting triggered as much, I was very stuck, though. Um, that's yeah. the other thing as well. So the thing that I've noticed um, this year when I've been having my treatment for my nervous system, it was locked in a freeze as well. Mm. So, you know, when you've had chronic stress, um, your body can get really stuck in that nervous system response, can it, which then causes a lot of health issues. And, mm. um, and I never knew that I, I, the way I sort of explain it is like, I was a bit stuck in fifth gear. Um, yeah. And my body just didn't know how to kind of get itself out of it, which is why I've had to do a few things to kind of help it. Um, yes. And I guess yeah. breath helps that. Absolutely. Yeah. So the, it's the fight, flight, freeze. That's the, the polyvagal theory, if you're interested in learning yes. more about that. Um, mm. But why this is helpful for that is, is that you're talking about two different things, really. You're talking about that overactivation of the sympathetic and the overactivation of the wrong part of the parasympathetic nervous system, which is that freeze response. Mm. And um, this is according to, to go back to my favorite scientist, but Dr. Richard Brown, um, he says, you know, there's drugs we can use to dampen the sympathetic activation. There's nothing, there's no drugs for elevating a parasympathetic. Mm. So this does what drugs can't do in that sense. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, which is really powerful because, um, yeah, I think I've definitely, that was definitely my response to a lot of things. I, yeah. I can I even have a lot of memories of me being frozen like as a kid and yeah. um, and my body's still like that. So, um, mm. and the book that we keep talking about, The Body Keeps Score, I mean, there's a lot of talk of that as well is just, mm. um, and the health problems that get associated to that, like um, chronic fatigue and um, ME and things like that. It's, it's kind of can be yeah. linked to being frozen for yes. for a very long period of time right so yeah. how oh sorry go on <laughs> oh I was just I was just going to say you mentioned uh doing qigong or qigong however people want to pronounce it um and that's a really wonderful element you know back to this idea of top down and mm. bottom up uh using the mind or using the body or trying to use both qigong is we're using movement we're pairing the movement with the breath so that's the body element. And we're also changing our focus. So Qigong, one of the huge elements of it is visualization. We're trying to visualize the energy going through the body, moving through the body with the breath. Um, yeah. so it's a very complete system. And the, the other uh, thing that's kind of important there is you mentioned cortisol. Mm-hmm. Now, cortisol in your system doesn't burn off in the same way adrenaline does. So 
adrenaline comes into the system and it burns off very quickly. Whereas cortisol, the hormone, requires movement. It needs to be burned in the cells uh, of the body. So we have to actually begin to move a little bit before we uh, can feel fully relaxed if we've got cortisol in the system. Mm. And so what um, the, the scientists, Patricia Gerbung and Richard Brown have done is their system involves movement. So they're shaking, tapping the body, really mm. vigorous movement very at the very, very beginning. Uh, then moving with breath, then lying down with breathing. So it's yeah. this like perfect thing. It takes about 40 minutes that they do. And they're doing that with uh, survivors of slavery in South Sudan. They did it with survivors of 9-11. That's kind of where it started for them. They're based in New York. Um, they've done it all around the world, the Boko Haram survivors. So it's like they've, they've used it in the most acute situations. Yeah. And they, they, they're kind of flown in when there's a natural disaster and they teach people how to do it and they teach them how to teach it so that it can go out to all these other people. Um, I'm actually doing a course that, so they've trained some people here and I'm doing a course mm -hmm. that's somebody that's trained with them. I'm really looking oh, forward brilliant. to it. Yeah, um, you'll get the opportunity to try that, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is the thing. What's interesting is, um, so one of the ways I've coped with stress in my life is is exercise, is like mm -hmm. a very... Um, intense I guess I did a, I did a marathon really slowly <laughs> like really slowly mm -hmm. but running um a lot of cardio um but what happened this time is um my back went and my body was just not responding to that kind of exercise that I had to mm. go down the qigong route Mm, where it's yeah. more gentle so and also like um because of some of that stress like this I put weight on and um I wasn't losing it and I was going to the gym like five times a week mm -hmm. um again this is another thing that the nervous system will stop you from losing weight if you're highly activated right so I was like what the hell is wrong with me I'm working out I'm being really healthy so I stopped all of that and just focusing completely on breath work and relaxing my nervous system, doing things that are so gentle, like Qigong, mm. going for my walk in nature, and slowly it's like starting to come off again because my mm. body's relaxed, right? And I think yeah. um, that's the thing to, to notice as well, that if you are highly activated, um, exercising a lot can actually be doing you a little bit more damage, which I think mm -hmm. is what happened to me. And like you said about that cortisol, it just I don't think it was leaving my body. And my mm. exercise that I was doing was putting extra pressure on my body, which was increasing the cortisol. So I, it just was stressed all the time. So I was doing yeah. all the wrong things at the beginning. But these are things that I've used before that have worked. But because I was so out of balance, um, mm. it just wasn't. It was a yeah. very interesting. I was like an experiment for myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you mentioned having back pain there. And this is another area that breath yes. can really affect because when we're stressed we change how we breathe we breathe up into our shoulders and we breathe more shallowly using the sort of upper body muscles mm -hmm. and really when we breathe we want to be using a diaphragm mm -hmm. uh, rather than any of those upper upper body muscles um, but the when we begin to use the diaphragm we begin to relax the nervous system but also we're taking the pressure off all of those muscles in the upper back yeah so, Breathing incorrectly, and I use that term very loosely, right? But breathing without trying to, um, when you when you're breathing and, and using those upper body muscles, you can actually put an awful lot of pressure on the back. Mm -hmm. uh, so when we start to breathe with the belly, we take the pressure off the back. So the two major places I tell people to sort of change how they're breathing uh, for 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 sort of more effective health breathing is breathing through the nose and breathing with the belly. And when we breathe with the belly, we're activating the vagus nerves, which are those parasympathetic nerves. And what I like to say is that belly breathing connects us to gut feeling. So when you breathe with the belly, when those interoceptive capacities are awakened, you can hear what's happening in your gut, as in you can actually feel your gut feeling. It's connecting you to your intuition. You have thousands and thousands of neurons in the gut. It's sometimes called the second brain. And the heart sometimes called the third brain because we have neurons in the heart. We've got 50,000 neurons in our heart. So we're, if you think about the yogic chakra system, having these areas of vital energy in the body and connecting that to pranayama, which is simply breath work, um, the 
the, the true form of breathwork, its original form is, is pranayama, how the yogis were studying it. And when we're breathing slowly, calmly, diaphragmatically, we're activating those chakras in a very real way. And I'm sorry to get a bit woo-woo probably for some of the listeners. But we're literally, the lower down in your body you're breathing, when you begin to soften and expand the belly, you are literally uh, energizing those areas with vital energy. Your nervous system is waking up in those areas. And mm. so what we might call interoception is what the yogis are calling prana, this prana mm. control, pranayama. We're seeing into our body in a different way. Yeah. Um, so it starts with back pain and, and stress and uh, breathing up and in, um, into the shoulders. The other benefits of breathing into the belly aren't just getting rid of your back pain. It's connecting you to your intuition. And what I find is when I do my breath work and I sit there, lie down for 20 minutes a day and breathe slowly and calmly, I have to have a pen and paper next to me now. Yeah, same as me. I have so many ideas when my body, when my ego's out of the way, my thoughts are dampened and my you know, creativity comes from the body. It's something Definitely. we don't have to do. It's something that just happens to us when we just stop and listen. Um, and because yeah. I have to be creative for my job, you know, as a writer and artist, like it's like a, it's been a boon for me. I've had so many ideas for projects and ideas for my, you know, uh, business and teaching and ways of teaching just through doing that. It's really uh, that's the kind of hidden benefit to this once you oh got- yeah definitely it's so true I mean I'm the same I always um it's when I always have my best ideas it's mm. like how I've come up with like solutions to even problems or um I want to do maybe something with my business I literally have an idea like I have an idea to write an article for something mm, yeah. and it happened I wrote it it got accepted and that was all from me just breathing <laughs> That was it. And it's so powerful. And you can really hear your own true voice and not all of that busyness in your mind, which is so powerful. Um, This has been so great. I feel like I could talk to you forever. And your (laughs) voice is so calm as well. So I feel like this has been quite a bit of time. So how can people um, work with you? Because I know you mentioned that you do do some classes when we started off before I started recording. Yeah, so um, I people can sign up at drawbreath.com for my sort of workshops that I do. I do them online and I do them. I'm doing them increasingly in person again now uh, that the world's opening up a little bit. Um, So drawbreath.com, there's a little window there to to stick your email in. Uh, If you go to ariabreath.com, if you're interested in the musical side of this, the projects that I'm doing, um, I'm also at drawbreath on Instagram. And if you're interested in listening to any of those um, interviews with the scientists that I'm talking about, uh, my YouTube channel's Draw Breath, and there is a, a couple of musical tracks on there as well. Um, so yes, I pop that all in the episode notes. Was there anything else that you wanted to share before we wrap up? Um, only that the Draw Breath book is currently on offer on Amazon. There are other major retailers that sell it as well. If you're boycotting Amazon, um, and yeah, it's on offer. It does make a lovely Christmas present. So that's my shameless uh, plug there. Yeah, no, Draw of course. Breath. And actually, um, this. So I have a membership group as well as um, the podcast and we're doing the gift of self-love and I'm trying to encourage people to like, um, you know, get themselves a Christmas present and do things to take care of you. And that's why I wanted you on as well, because yes, it does make a great Christmas present mm-hmm. for other people, but and massively for yourself. I bought it for myself. And mm-hmm. I also, one of the reasons why I love that drawing element is that's how I really connect to like my inner child. So I think, there's like two things at play when I'm using mm. your book. So it's lovely. Yeah. Um, uh, my, yeah, I used to love drawing when I was little and that's how I sort of connect to some, my intuition actually. So thank you for creating it. It's lovely. So everyone should buy it. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put a link into the um, episode notes. Um, and thank you so much, Tom. It's been amazing having you. And thank you so much for sharing all of the science and everything. And hopefully it makes people just fit in some breathing over the festive period. Um, so they're able to cope with it better. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you, Manpreet, um, for having me. It's been a real, real pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. And there we have it, guys. An episode completed. I hope you enjoyed it and it raised a load of awareness in your mind. There was alarm bells going. You were all like, ding, that's totally me. Because that's what I was like when I started this journey. And that is the start of the process, finding out 
this information and realizing it has happened in your own life so i really hope it was helpful and before the next episode coming out next wednesday be sure to check us out on instagram so it's hearts underscore underscore happiness also we have a youtube channel where i share the videos i create for instagram on so you can check that out they come on about once a week and then we also have a facebook group if you want to join to carry on the conversation i want to create a community where we're all talking about our very real experiences and traumas and then there is also my website called heartshappiness.co.uk which you can check out to join our mailing list so that as i create new services and support tools for you all you're the first to find out and i have a freebie on there so definitely check that out it's five books that transformed my healing so if you really want to kickstart and you know your life and the content in here these books are like the basis of so much of my knowledge so definitely check that out and i will speak to you next week i'm so excited to continue this journey with you to help you to find your own heart's happiness take care